0: Now we give a, a warm welcome to everyone joining with us for worship today, both those in the building here and those who are joining with us online. Now I know some of the intimations have appeared, uh, but there's a couple of things I want to uh, to say. And the first is um, to um, to apologise. This was meant to be our communion. But uh, there were so many households in the congregation with COVID that uh, we decided to leave the communion for another time when there was less COVID around. So we'll intimate that uh, by and by. (coughs) Now the deacons court and the Kirk session are due to meet after the uh, prayer meeting on Wednesday evening. And we hope to have the annual general meeting the following Wednesday on the 29th of um, June. But uh, that may change. That will all depend how things are panning out. So, But for the moment, these things are, are still on. And then finally, uh, the barbecue at Innes' and Susan's next Saturday at 3pm. If you're planning going, today is the last day to put your name on the sheet in the foyer if you plan to uh, come along. Now, let's begin our worship by singing to God's praise in Psalm number 103. It's page 369 on the Psalter, and it's at the beginning of the song. O thou, my soul, bless God the Lord, and all that in me is, be stirred up his holy name to magnify and bless. Bless, O my soul, the Lord thy God. And not forgetful be of all his gracious benefits he hath bestowed on thee. Verses 1 to 5 of Psalm 103. O thou my soul, bless God the Lord. together in prayer, let's pray O Lord, our God we pray that as we have come here this day that we will have come seeking to worship you in spirit and in truth the song we have just been singing speaks about our souls being engaged in the worship of your name We realize that the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked and we are so good at going through the outward processes and rituals and yet on the inside being far away from God we pray that that wouldn't be the case this day we come this day as poor sinners it's the only way we can come And if we're honest sometimes when we ponder who you are and we reflect on who we are, we just want to run and hide. But may we remember there are no hiding places from the all-seeing eye of God. But we are here today because we don't need a hiding place of our own. We have found a hiding place in Christ. May we ever remember that. And we pray that this day you would come in amongst us and that you would bless us and that you would enable us to engage in that worship that is in spirit and in truth. We give thanks for the sound of little voices in our midst. We pray that we would fulfill our obligations to them. Remember the unborn in our midst We pray, O Lord, that you would help us, whatever our situation is, to show to others around us that we are not flawless and we are not faultless, but to show to them what it is to flee to Jesus in repentance and confession every time we falter. We pray that you'd remember those who are going to get married in coming days in this uh, congregation, or at least who are part of this congregation, be a blessing uh, to them. Remember, we pray, everyone of the families represented here this day. And wherever our loved ones may be, we pray that you'd watch over them and you would keep them in safety. The reality is we need that for them each and every day. We thank you that real security is found when each and every one of us is found trusting in Jesus as our Saviour. We pray that you remember, O Lord, those in our congregation and community who are mourning the loss of loved ones. We remember the Taylor family in Malachi as they will... Um, attend the funeral service of Alan in coming days bless them we pray we think of Kanyak Macmillan as he mourns the loss of someone in his family circle and many others who have been mourning for a long long time we pray that in this need us in every need the end effect of the difficulty would be to cause us to Come further under the shadow of your wing. Remember us, we pray, as a nation. Remember those in positions of responsibility. Particularly those who trust in you who have a difficult time. Encourage them and help them, we pray. We think of places in the world where those who are in authority are abusing that authority. We pray that you'd bring down those who are abusing the the authority that they have been given. Remember our Queen. We thank you for her. Bless her and the struggles that she has. She's not immune to what all of us are immune to in problems of one kind or another. We thank you for all her years of dedicated service. Bless her, we pray. And please be with us now as we gather here. Remember those who would be here if they could but who cannot. Bless those who are joining with us by other means. And all we ask is in Christ's name. Amen. Now, a wee story for the young people. I had to go shopping yesterday, which is quite unusual for me. But the reason I had to go shopping was my wife Greta has been, uh, had COVID for She's negative now, but, uh, so I was um, not doing a full shopping, but doing the essentials. And uh, you know what it's like when you go to these supermarkets. You go for a couple of things. You go for milk and bread, and you end up thinking, Oh, I'll have that, and I'll have that, and I'll have that. And before I knew where I was, there, were, there was a lot more in the trolley than I had uh, imagined I was going to get. to get. But one of the things that I got, I didn't intend getting this, was a beautiful pineapple. I spotted it in uh, the supermarket and I thought, oh, that'll be nice. So I put one of these lovely pineapples into, into the trolley. And that was fine. Um, until this morning, when Greta decided we'd have the pineapple and she began slicing the outside of the pineapple only to discover that the pineapple was rotten on the inside it wasn't all rotten and what what I decided to do was I decided to cut off the rotten bits and I thought I wonder would the hens like pineapple and I cut it into tiny little bits and I went out and I threw it to the hens and sure enough they gobbled up the, they, they, they seemed to love the. I was laughing away to myself thinking I wonder are we going to get pineapple tasting eggs after this but uh, the hens love the pineapple at any rate but what that pineapple makes me think of is this sometimes things look lovely on the outside and they're not lovely at all on the inside and do you know what? That's the way it is with human beings as well. Sometimes we look at people and we think, oh, they're lovely people and uh, they're, they're nice in every kind of way. And then you discover a little bit more about them and you realize that on the inside, they're not quite as nice as they seem to appear. And the bottom line is this. We are all like that. Young and old but the reason we are here today is because god did something about people who want to be helped who are not nice on the inside that's why jesus came into this world and uh, you know sometimes we can get very down about ourselves we can get a bit depressed about ourselves but let's remember this God so loved this world that he sent his only begotten Son into it, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the great hope we have in Jesus. That's why we're here today, and that's why we're seeking to worship him today. And I hope our worship today is the same kind of worship that we've been singing about in the song that we've been, just been singing. O thou, my soul. Bless God the Lord. Our souls are about our inside. Honouring God and worshipping God. I hope that's the way it is with each and every one of us here uh, today. Now let's sing again. This time it's in Psalm 116. And it's at the beginning of the song. It's page 395 of the Psalter. Psalm 116, at the beginning of the song, I love the Lord because my voice and prayers he did hear. I, while I live, will call on him who bowed to me his ear. Of death the cords and sorrows did about me compass round. The pains of hell took hold on me, I grief and trouble found. We'll sing verses 1 to 6 of Psalm 116. I love the Lord. God's Word in the Old Testament, in the prophecy of Malachi. It's the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, and at chapter 3, at the beginning of the chapter. Malachi chapter 3, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And they will bring offerings and righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, Against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless. Against those who thrust aside the sojourner. And do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. That then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord, but you say, well, how have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping his charge or walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant blessed. Evil-doers not only prosper, but they put God to the test, and they escape. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. And I will spare them. As a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, So that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out and leap like calves from the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. With a decree of utter destruction. Amen. And may God bless to us that reading from his word. Let's join together again in prayer. Let's pray. O Lord our God. We pray that as we turn to explore part of the Bible today. That you would help us. We don't deserve your help in any way shape or form. But we come asking for it this day because you have commanded us to do that. We realize that over 400 years before Jesus was ever in this world through the prophet Malachi you spoke meticulously about things that were about to transpire. We realize that in the days of Jesus there were some who looked for a literal Elijah to appear. But we realize that John the Baptist on the inside was like Elijah. And that that was the fulfillment of that prophecy. We are so apt to put our own interpretation on the word of God. And shape it and form it to suit our own agendas. But we come asking you to enable us to listen to you and to be enlightened by you and thereby to be blessed by you. We realize that the state of the nation that Malachi spoke to was bad. The church leadership was rotten to the core. The institution of marriage was degraded. The tithing to God was set aside. And all of these things had their consequences. O oh Lord of oh God help us. Not just as a church. But as a nation to get you in the right place. And therein we shall know blessing. Please help us we pray then. As we turn to your word this day. That we might glean from it. And we might be edified by it. And all we ask is in Christ's name. Amen. Now let's continue to sing to God's praise in the same song. It's Psalm 116 and it's at verse 7. O thou my soul, do thou return unto thy quiet rest. For largely, lo, the Lord to thee is bounty hath expressed. For my distressed soul from death delivered was by thee. Thou didst my morning eyes from tears, my feet from falling free. Verses seven to twelve of Psalm one one six. O thou my soul. <coughs> To the gospel according to Saint Luke and at chapter seven, and we'll read at verse twenty four. Luke chapter seven and at verse twenty four. When John the Baptist's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the clouds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A read shaken by the wind what then did you go out to see a man dressed in soft clothing behold those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts what then did you go out to see a prophet yes I tell you and more than a prophet This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Now let's, by God's enabling, seek to explore something of this area of scripture. We are going to carry on in the series that I've been doing on uh, John the Baptist. Do you remember that we began this series with a sermon on spiritual depression? Because although John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus, it did not mean that he did not have problems as he went along life's journey. And he ended up in a prison cell, in a dungeon and during that time the John the Baptist who at one stage was very confident that Jesus was the Christ was the Messiah was the Saviour and indeed was his Saviour he began to have questions about it and so he sends some of his followers to Jesus and asks are you the Christ or should we look for another and then Jesus sends back This message to John the Baptist, that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, and various other things that are being done, which were a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, including the prophecies of Isaiah. And the answer is clearly, yes I am, yes I am. And that's where we pick it up in this passage of Scripture. When John's messengers had gone, they've gone away back to John with the message that Jesus has given to convey to John. And here is what Jesus now says. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Now, we read in Malachi chapter 3, right to the end of the prophecy of Malachi. Now, Malachi, in our Bible, is the last uh, book of the Bible. It's not the last book of the Bible in the Hebrew Bible, but it is in our Bible. He's the last of the, what we call the minor prophets. And Malachi prophesied about 440 to 400 B.C., and we will see by and by that Malachi's prophecies were very to the point and were very, very accurate. There were major problems. There were major problems uh, in the country that Malachi uh, lived in. There, there was a major problem with the church leadership. The church leadership had gone completely ski with, and the church leadership was basically corrupt. There was the worship of of other gods. The the institution of marriage was in tatters. And uh, as far as, uh, you know, in Old Testament times, uh, they had to take a tenth of whatever God blessed them with. And they had to take a tenth of it and give it back to God. That was a testing of their faith. They weren't terribly worried about that. Uh, They had neglected it. But whenever we or any other people turn our backs on God and go our own way, there are always consequences to that. And so over 400 years before Jesus was ever in this world, Malachi was not only prophesying that Jesus would be coming, but he was also prophesying that there would be a forerunner of Jesus. And of course that forerunner of Jesus Was indeed uh, John the Baptist and what I want to do today is to look at the the questions that Jesus comes up with first of all he asked uh, what then did you go out to see first of all a man dressed in soft clothing that's the first one what's the second one Uh, no sorry the first one is a reed shaken in the wind I read Shaken. the second one is a man dressed in soft clothing, and the third one is a prophet. Now we are not going to exhaust the prophet one today. I'm not going to cover it all. Hopefully, if we're spared, we will come back to it. But I want to touch on uh, that one regarding the prophet. But my 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 aim today is is to explore these um, these questions. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. And the whole idea here is, did you go out when you were listening to John the Baptist preaching? Remember John the Baptist was out on the Judean hillsides and he was preaching. And he was drawing great crowds of people. And of course part of that was the operation of the Spirit of God But it was also Because John Was doing What he was meant uh, To be doing Remember He was a relation of Jesus And we take it That he knew Jesus Fairly well Their mothers Were first cousins The mothers certainly Blithered to one another a lot And we take it That Jesus and John the Baptist Interacted to a fair extent as well, but we are specifically told that God, through His Spirit, came to John the Baptist and enlightened him as to who Jesus really was. And John's response to that was an honourable one because his attitude was I believe that you are who you say you are. And because I believe who you say you are, I want you to be put on a pedestal. I want you to increase. And I want myself to decrease. Now that is very, very different to what we are like as human beings. In my children's address, young people's address today, I spoke about that pineapple that looked so lovely on the outside, but it was rotten on the inside. That's what we by nature are like as human beings. We are rotten on, uh, on the inside. And part of our rottenness is this. I'm important. And I'm far more important than everybody else. And I must get my way in everything. And I must be up there. And I must be pedestal. And it's I, I, I and me, me, me. That is what we are by nature. And that's what John the Baptist would have been by nature as well. But something happened to John the Baptist on the inside. And what happened to John the Baptist on the inside was this. He bowed before who Christ was. Or let me put it another way. He gave God his place. And I think it's fair to say that because Jesus of Nazareth wasn't just a relation of John the Baptist. He realized he was far more than that. He realized he wasn't just another human being. He realized he was God as well. So he bowed to God and he gave God his place. And that's the great challenge for every single one of us. Whether we are going to give way to God and allow God to have his place or not. Now it's not all that simple, because there are people that have sought to give God his place in their lives for decades. But the sad thing is this old me, 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 this ego, ego, ego keeps raising its ugly head. And that's why the Bible talks about spiritual warfare. The good that I would, I do not. And the evil that I would not, that I do. It goes on constantly in the lives of believers. But the believer is someone who acknowledges who God is. Who acknowledges who Christ is. And who seeks by the enabling of the spirit to get control of his or her life. So that they are not doing what I, I, I want. They are doing what God would have them do. Do. And that's the way it was with, uh, with John the Baptist. He was acknowledging Jesus for who he was. He was giving him uh, his place. But the question is this. Did you go into the wilderness to see a reed blowing in the wind? In other words Did you go out to see somebody Who one day would blow this way And the next day would blow that way And the next day would blow that way Whichever way the wind was blowing He would bow before it Well that's one thing you could not say of John the Baptist Because John the Baptist knew That the institution of marriage was of God And here he was Before a king who had rubbish the institution of marriage he was a man who was married to his brother's wife he was in an adulterous relationship and he was in an incestuous relationship now sometimes when we're rubbing shoulders with people who are in authority or people who are important sometimes sometimes we are liable to just do and say the things that we know that they would like us to do and say we just bow to them we just bend the way they want us to blow that's not the way it was with John the Baptist he spoke to Herod he spoke to Herodias in fact I think I said already that Herod put John the Baptist into this dungeon. I think if Herodias had had her way, John the Baptist wouldn't be alive to go into a dungeon. She loathed the man. And do you know why she loathed the man? Because she was not a believer in God. And she did not give God her place. That's why she was married to him. Married in inverted commas. That's why she's engaged in in this incestuous relationship. Because it's me, me, me that's important. It's I, I, I. It's ego, ego, ego. And she would have quite happily killed John the Baptist. To get him out of the road. So that she could have her. Her way in everything. But John the Baptist was having none of it. He was there. And he was speaking God's truth regarding the institution of marriage. And that's why he's in the prison cell in the the first place. And remember it's in this prison cell dungeon basically that he has these questions coming into his mind. And he goes through this phase of spiritual depression you know some of the songs we've been singing today are not about everything in the garden being wonderful and everything going well because we're believers and that's the way it goes that's not what life's like that simply isn't the way it's like that's why the book of psalms well someone said this the book of psalms is an anatomy of the soul and it and it is You won't find a human situation that a believer can get into that's not addressed in one of the books. That's why I think it is so important to have a working knowledge of the Psalms. And uh, John the Baptist had his highs in his Christian experience. He also had his lows. We've been singing songs that speak about highs, but we have been singing songs that also speak about lows. And in many of the psalms, you go from one end of the spectrum to the next—highs and lows. That's what life is like as as a believer. But here was John the Baptist, and you know it's the dungeon for him, but it's going to get worse. Herodias' daughter on one occasion danced an erotic dance in the presence of a large number of people. And Herod just to show off. And again he's in the same boat as Herodias. He's about me, me, me. I'm I'm great. I'm wonderful. And I'm going to just show people just how great I am. I'm going to give to you Salome. Whatever you want up to the half of my kingdom. Whatever you want, it's yours. And she interacted with her mother. And I don't think in his wildest dreams, Herod ever thought she would ask for this. But what she asked for was the head of John the Baptist and that charger. And if ever there was a time for a man to get off his pedestal and to put his hands up and say, Look, I've got this wrong. If ever there was a time for a man to bury his ego and stop being so selfish and I, 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 this was it. But he wants none of that. And by and by he had John the Baptist beheaded because of ego. Because he would not give Christ his rightful place. Because he would not give God his rightful place. You know. I often say this. The heart of man is deceitful. Above all things. And desperately wicked. Every last one of us. We are capable of anything. And we are capable of everything. And it's by fleeing to God and asking him for his spirit to enable us to master ourselves that we will have any self-control whatsoever the strange thing is that Herod listened to John he respected John John moved his conscience and you would have thought
1: that that would have
0: That would have governed him and uh, limited him in some way but see when the ego takes off you haven't a clue where it's going to end. And there's a very, very good example of it. Now when John the Baptist's head was to be removed it was a moment where he might have buckled and said okay, hold on. I'm going to back off And I'm going to give these great egotists, Herodias and Herod, a wee bit of space. He was having none of it. He was having none of it. So did you go out to see somebody who just blew around? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. So what's the second question? Well, then did you go out to see a man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. Now this soft clothing thing, I think, has to be taken in context. Because the context here, well, even the very text says, Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. And I think the idea is this. Someone who on the outside is living with all his finery. But who is living in the context of those in authority in king's courts. And they're basically there and doing and saying what they're doing and saying to garner the favor of the king or the queen or monarch, whoever it is. And in effect what's happening here is they are being concerned about outward appearances, but inwardly, they're doing something that's not right, and that simply is wrong. If I go to first Peter, and I read what Peter has to say, where he speaks about husbands and wives. Likewise wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy woman who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is uh, frightening. Now in this day and age of equality... But everything is equal. It's basically a non-starter. And I've spoken about this before. Even the physiology between a man and a woman is different. A woman can be bare a child. A man can't. There, there, there are differences. In God's sight, we are equal. But in God's sight, within the institution of marriage, God has also said that uh, wives are to submit themselves to their husbands. Now that does not open the door for tyranny. And that does not open the door for misogyny. Nothing of the kind. But God's institution of marriage is given to us for the blessing. And when it functions in God's way, it's a blessing to one and to all. But in this area, Peter is giving instructions regarding a woman. And what's he saying? Do not let your adorning be external. And he picks up on some of the externals. Fancy hairstyles. Gold jewellery. The clothing you wear. Now some people are very, very into how they appear. What's my hair like? What kind of jewellery will I wear? What kind of dress am I going to? Now in its place, these things are not wrong. But when that becomes the predominant thing, there is something wrong there. And it's not just that Peter here is pointing out these things in a negative kind of way. He gives us uh, the posture Let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart. With the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That's what Peter is emphasizing. That's what Peter is underlining. A gentle and a quiet spirit. Spirit, And here was John the Baptist And what was it like with John the Baptist Was he into appearances Well he certainly wasn't into appearances His camel skin Outer garments Were so out of the ordinary That they were marked unnoticed Was he into refineries Was he into jewellery Was he into Uh, clothing and nothing like that nothing like that what was John's predominant uh, concern John's predominant concern was what he was like on the inside what am I like on my inside in relation to God the song we began today with was this although my soul bless in other words praise God The psalmist had God in the right position in his life. John the Baptist had God in the right position in his life. And here's the challenge, at least one of the challenges of this area of scripture. Do we have God in the right position in terms of our souls, in terms of our lives? John is not a reed blowing in the wind, going whatever we whatever whom the, those in authority would have him blow. John was not into fine clothing and being a yes man in, 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 the, in the palace of the day. And here's the third question. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face. Who will prepare your way before you. That's a quote straight. From the prophecy. Of uh, Malachi. And I don't want to go into. Uh, more than a prophet. I hope to do that. Uh, next time uh, we gather. At least next Lord's Day. In the morning. at the twelve noon uh, service. I just want to say a little bit about. Prophecy. Remember that prophecy is about God speaking to somebody and the somebody speaking, passing it on uh, to others. That's what a prophet essentially was. It was essentially a foreteller. You've got to take what I tell you and you've got to go and tell others what I'm telling you. Now, quite often it involved foretelling. uh, uh, It involved seeing things out there in the future. And of course as you, as you read what Malachi wrote more than 400 years before Jesus was in this world you think to yourself how can the 400 years beforehand tell things so accurately? Or even David in his psalm 22 how can he tell a thousand years before jesus is on the cross that one of the sayings of the cross is going to be my god my god why hast thou forsaken me and the answer is this because there's such a thing as prophecy there's a god who exists and he speaks to individuals it may be a david it may be a malachi it may be an isaiah and he gives them the truth Things are going to happen hundreds of years hence. And he gives it all just so, so accurately. And you know, the reason that you and I are here today is this. Because God has sent his prophets into this world. In other words, God has decided to communicate with us. Now when God encountered the fall of the human race... In the Garden of Eden. Why on earth did God not say, No no, this is defective? You know what I did with the pineapple today? It went out. I didn't use it because there was something wrong with it. Could we blame God if God says there's something wrong with this human race? I don't want this human race anymore. A God who could have who could have created a new race himself but he did not do that he did not do that he says to this defective human race i'm going to do something to put it right for you and if you believe me and if you go with my rescue plan you're going to be secure for time and for eternity that's what god does Of course the big question for every one of the human race is Do I believe him or do I not? And huge consequences hang on how we answer that question Whether we believe him or whether we will not Herodias and Herod most certainly didn't believe him John the Baptist chose to believe him And these are the only two options These are the only two options But it is an astonishing fact that you and I who are here today as believers, how secure are we? Are we going to make heaven of it at the end of the day? You know, sometimes I sit down and look at my own life and I just almost despair and think there's not a chance. Not a chance. But at moments like that, I've got to come back to this revelation that God has given to us. And that changes everything. Let me give you an example of this. In what's known as the High Priestly Prayer, recorded in John chapter 17, where Jesus engages in a prayer, not long before he goes on the cross at Calvary. Do you know what he says in that prayer regarding his people? He says to his Father in heaven, "...they were yours, you gave them to me, and I've had to do something for them." On the grey day when God wraps up this universe. And there will be a new heaven. And there will be a new earth. Christ will reign supreme. But he will also reign supreme. With his believing people. They are the ones who will become heirs of God. And joint heirs of Christ. It's way beyond our wildest dreams. And it's this kind of idea. Christ is there with his saved people and he's given them to God and they're gloriously saved because of what Christ has done. Now how does it all work? Well he says in his high priestly prayer how do we know these things? Only because God has chosen to be a fourth teller. He gave it to John the disciple not John the Baptist I'm, I'm, I'm quoting from John the disciple John chapter 17 the high priestly prayer. Jesus says, You gave them to me. Now, why would would God have to give to Jesus any people? Because we're fallen. Because we're sinners. Because we need a rescue plan. Because we can't save ourselves and we can't. So he gives them to Jesus. And what does Jesus do for them? That's what his whole life and death. rising again from the dead, is all about. It's about effecting God's rescue plan. And scripture talks about being elect in Christ before the foundation of the world. This is all mind-boggling stuff. That a out there in the midst of eternity before there's ever an atom of the universe put together... There's a plan in place that will be effected 2,022 years ago in Bethlehem when Jesus is born into this world. It goes back to his conception but it's all mind-boggling stuff. But don't let it all boggle our minds. Let's stop and muse and ponder it and and to savor the blessedness of it And the security of it as well God sent prophets into this world And these prophets included John the Baptist And God was giving us something That's way beyond our wildest dreams But the question is this Do we believe him? Do you? Do I? So these are the three questions that came up. Did you go out to see a reed blowing in the wind? No, 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 no. He was not a reed blowing in the wind. He stood his ground even when it meant him being beheaded. That's not a reed blowing in the wind. Did you go out to see someone in soft clothing? Someone who's more concerned about the outside than the inside? No, 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 no. This man is really concerned about the inside. So did you go to see a prophet? Absolutely. Absolutely. A prophet who believed in God. A prophet who listened to God. And a prophet who conveyed what God had given to him. He's passed it on. And he's passed it on to you and I. And so I am... As I wrap up today back to the fundamental question. Do we believe this God who gives prophets or do we not? My hope and prayer is this. That we are not going to be a Herod or an Herodias. But that rather we will be a John the Baptist. Amen. Let's conclude by singing the final verses of Psalm 116. It's on page 396 and it's at verse 13. I love salvation. Take the cup. On God's name will I call. I'll pay my vows now to the Lord before his people. We'll sing to the end of the song. I love salvation. Take the cup. grace, mercy and peace from
1: Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest on and abide with each one both now and now.